With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word harvest to the number 55498 your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you so bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give now here's today's life-giving message i'm in my year of jubilee I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day in Jesus' name. Amen. So God, have your way. Speak to us now and make it clear. Set us on fire. God, I wish I had somebody else in this building and online that their prayer was the same way. Set it on fire. Don't let us go back to being the way that we were. Don't let life go back to the way that it was. God, we ask that you set us on fire. Please, 11.15, set us on fire in Jesus' name. So let's go to work. This new series this month is called Fire. And we'll give you several opportunities to say that and say it with authority. Because everything in this world is voice activated. And not just voice activated, but watch me. It's the authority behind your voice activation. You can't just say it. You got to say that thing with some authority like you're going to see something manifest in your life. This message today is called the God of Fire. Because our God is described as the God of Fire. In Deuteronomy chapter number 4, the Bible says this. For the Lord your God, he is a consuming fire he's a jealous god rightfully demanding what's uniquely his let's break the verse down say he's a consuming fire that word consuming means that god will burn up some things and hear me this month god's gonna burn up some things in your life that you didn't know what to do with god says i'm gonna burn it up you ready i'm about to burn up your depression i'm gonna burn up your anxiety i'm gonna burn up your insecurity i'm about to burn up those burden filled people that every time they come around you they put burdens on you I... then it means consume say consume there's some things God says, I need to consume in your life. I need to make sure that that thing doesn't remain in your life. What if I told you that God says, I'm going to burn up the things that are in your way. I'm about to consume the obstacles that have been in your way. I'm about to consume all of the opposition that's been in your way. Then it means devourer, which means God says, I'm going to eat it up. But then look at these last few definitions of the word fire. It means up, which means God says, I am the God that takes area every area of your life 
up. So when he's a consuming fire, God says, I'm the God that takes you up. I'm the God that promotes you. I'm the God that increases you. On two, three, I want you to just touch three people around you, the most exciting people around you. If they look and kind of stink in the face, reach around them. Because we ain't got time for people that are wet wood. You spend enough of your life around wet wood trying to get other people on fire. I need somebody that came in the building on fire. I need somebody online that's already on fire. Just touch three people on three and tell them, say, you're about to go up. One, two, three, touch three, go. You're about to go up. You're about to go up. And your money's going up. And your mind is going up. And your children are going up. And your family's going up. He's the God of fire. And fire means he's about to take me up. He's about to take you up. Let's go. Let's go. It means to burn up, to consume, to devour, to go up. But then look at these last three definitions because up is repeated, which means God says, I really need you to catch the principle is that when I put, when I set something on fire, it's only because I want to increase it and take it up. I don't set it on fire to take it down. I set it on fire to build it up. But look at these other definitions. It means to dine and eater. To dine there, look at this. Uh, Moses, when he's uh, at the burning bush, the bush is burning, but the bush is not de being devoured or consumed. Pay attention. Which means, in other words, Moses, I want to have a conversation with you. So when he's the God of fire, expect this month to be several moments where God says, it's about to be me and you and you're not going to listen you're not going to leave this month questioning God questioning your faith questioning if he's real questioning if he's there God says I'm about to pull up a chair and I'm going to consume me fire you and I are about to dine together baby we're about to talk this month you better expect several experiences where God comes to personally see about you and God comes to personally visit you say he's the God of fire then it says he's a jealous God. And jealous there means he's impassioned. God is not jealous in the sense that he is, uh, he wants what you want. Because what you have, he gave you in the first place. For him to be a jealous God, jealous just means he's impassioned. Look at me. God says, I'm passionate about you. See, never let somebody tell you that they're with you or they love you and they don't have some passion about you. You ought to get ticked off sometimes when you really care. You ought to get upset sometimes when you really care. The worst thing to have is somebody around you that's passive about you and not passionate about you. So God says, I'm passionate about you. I am so passionate about you that when people mess with you, I take it personal. I'm so passionate about you that I will come running and looking for you. I'm so passionate about you that I'll find you polluted in your own blood. See, people may be passive with you, but God says, I am passionate about you. Just lay your hands on yourself. Say, he's passionate about me. Which explains why I'm so passionate about him. Because who couldn't love a God that's passionate about them? See, I know you need to get some stuff before you're passionate about him. But for me, when I think on the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I get passionate about him because I recognize he don't play when it comes to... Look at your neighbor and say, he doesn't play when it comes to you. So watch me, fire, watch me, not only is God fire, but fire is spiritual. So what we see in nature and in the natural about fire is really illustrating something spiritual about fire. In Isaiah 4.4, the Bible says that he will cleanse the bloodstains from Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. So fire is what? Spiritual. Let's break the verse down. 
He'll cleanse the bloodstains from Jerusalem by judgment and fire. You ready? God says, whenever I need to clean some up, I send a fire. Let me help somebody right here. There's some messy situations that have been going on in your life. And God says, the only way I can clean this up is I got to send some fire to clean this up. Which means the fire isn't punishment. The fire is actually to clean some stuff up. See, God says, I needed to clean your finances up, so I sent a fire over there. I needed to clean up how you think, so I sent a fire over there. I needed to get you to stop letting people take advantage of you and misuse you, so I sent a fire over there. Say, fire is a spirit. All right? By a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. So judgment is when God brings correction by force. This is why the Bible says, judge yourself and he won't have to. See, I don't know about you, but God, listen, once I learn the word, I'll check myself. See, let me tell you the type of Christian you want to pray to be. Be the type that you can hear a message and then immediately say, let me check this, let me fix this. Because if you don't fix it, he's got to send judgment, which means he'll fix it by force. And for some of you, some of what you're dealing with is because of what you wouldn't check, because of what you wouldn't deal with. But here's the good news. If he's sending judgment, that means that he's not giving up on you yet. Because the Bible says that he's a father and every father that loves their children, the Bible says he disciplines them. Which means as long as God's still correcting me, that's proof God has not given up on me. I want to make sure I'm not in the building with some people that God has cut off. I want to make sure I'm in the building and online with some people that God is still checking and still correcting, which is proof he's not giving up on me. If you've had to watch God check you over the last eight or nine months, just shout right there. He's not done with you. He's not done with you. He's the God of fire, but fire is also spiritual. And if it's spiritual, watch me, it's in the spirit of fire, it's really a force. Which means God says, I use fire to force something. I use fire to make something happen. And for some of you, there's things that God says, I'm about to force it through this month. I'll talk over here because they don't shout over here. There's some things that have been resisting you. There's some opposition that has been resisting you. And God says, when I send fire, I'm about to force him. I'm about to make them approve you. I'm going to try you one more time. I'm about to make that mark apologize to you. I'm about to make them give you the promotion. I'm about to make them, uh uh-oh, settle the account with you. I'm about to make them give you what they owe you. I'm about to force this thing. Just somebody on the shoulder say, God's about to force it through. God says, I'm going to force it through. See, if fire is a spirit, as the Bible just teaches us, that means it's not bound by natural law, which means fire. You can start a fire in Atlanta while you're in Denver. You can start a fire in Miami while you're in Denver. It's not bound by geography, which means while I'm in church today, I'm going to send some fires every place I need them to be sent. Because it's not bound by geography. If it's spiritual, and it is, it's not bound by time. Which means I can send a fire into my future to get some ready. And I can send it into my past to clean something up. I need you to say, this is spiritual. This is spiritual. So what does the word fire mean? It comes from this Hebrew word, pyr, P-Y-R. And it means that it transforms everything it touches so it's never the same. It transforms everything it touches so it's never the same. So if this is a month of fire, that means this month will transform your life so that it's never the same. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, Bishop, I believed that before and it didn't happen. I heard that before and it didn't happen. You ain't heard me say it. First Samuel 3.19 says, and the Lord was with the man of God and did not let one of his words fall to the ground. I'm going to give you one more opportunity, 11.15, to lock this thing into your mouth. 
that this will be the month that changes everything in your life forever for the better. On three, holla fire. One, two, three, fire. Let's go to work. So fire can be paradoxical in nature. This means it can be simultaneously contradictory. Uh, you ever been hot and cold at the same time? That's a paradox. You ever had your, uh, your heat on and your window down in your car at the same time? That's a paradox. Have you ever been in your house? There's 100 degrees outside, but you got your, uh, your AC on, on sub-zero and you got a blanket on while you're in the house. That's a paradox because how are you hot and cold at the same time? You ever been hungry but didn't know what you wanted to eat? That's a paradox because how are you hungry? There's options, but you don't want those options. That's a paradox. It means these things are simultaneously contradictory. You ever like somebody but not like them at the same time? You ever love somebody and in that moment, okay, let's go. It can be paradoxical. It's simultaneously contradictory. Uh, what is fire? It is antagonism, opposition, and hostility. At the same time, it's passion, excitement, and zeal. Let me say it again. It's antagonism, hostility, and opposition. But at the same time, it is passion, excitement, and zeal. Which means what antagonizes me is actually what gives me passion. The hostility that comes against me is actually what gets me excited. And the opposition that tries to block and stop me is actually what gives me zeal or this belief that something's about to get better which means fire so powerful that it can look like it's hurting me but it's really helping me fire is so powerful it can look like it's taking me down but what's the definition it's really taking me up fire is so powerful that you can think you're gonna stop me and really what you did is you gave me some gas to make me go even harder so God uses fire. Not only is he fire, not only is fire spiritual, but God uses fire. Luke 12, 49 says, I have come, this is Jesus speaking, God in the flesh. He says, I have come to ignite a fire on the earth. Now, can I teach like I want to at this eleven fifteen? Earth is this word G-E in Greek. That's the language of our New Testament. And it means literally the earth. It means the land. It means the country. It means your habitation. But you know what earth means? In your life. Shut your mouth. God says, I came to set your life on fire. I don't want you to be like everybody else. I don't want you to walk around just a dead man walking. I need you to be so on fire that when you walk into the room, everybody's head turn and be like, who is that? girl is on that man is on watch me Jesus said I have come to ignite a fire in your life so what does this mean God uses fire to protect you let's teach you in Zechariah 2 5 I will be to her a wall of fire all around which means God says I will use a fire to put this around you and what I put around you is actually going to protect you which means the only way people can try to get to you every time they try to touch you it's going to burn them let me back it up and say it again. If there's a wall of fire, see, let me tell you why some people don't like you. It's because they found out they can't touch you. Because every time they tried to get their paws on you, every time they tried to reach for you, that fire burned them. And I need you to open up your mouth and say, burn, baby, burn. I but then watch me. It's not only a wall of fire around me, but it means that this wall of fire will isolate me from certain things because everywhere that I go, I'm carrying this wall of fire. It's protection. See, for some of you, you don't even know how much God has been protecting you from because the only thing that can make it through the fire is something that's on fire already, which means anything I'm dealing with, that means that it had to pass the fire to get to me. 
But it's the isolation. So for some of you, you wanted to be part of certain groups and certain cliques and you couldn't because you on fire. God don't need you around something that's dead. You wanted to be in part in certain little groups and they didn't invite you to their little meeting. And and matter of fact, some of y'all ticked off because they didn't invite you to their little Labor Day picnic. That food going to be nasty anyhow. They can't make good potato salad no how. Y'all ain't going to send it to me. Y'all ain't going to send it to me. Uh, I don't want your nasty food no how. Listen. You ready? He said, God says, I will be a wall of fire around you. So nobody can reach you without getting burned. Which means for some of you, you need to check. You ready for me? To know who your enemies are, you just need to check their burns. Because maybe you burnt up because you came against the wrong one. Maybe you're struggling because you put your mouth on the wrong one. Maybe you're dealing with some issues because you because God don't play when it comes to me. He is the God of fire. He's passionate when it comes to me. Please elbow somebody close to you. Say, God is passionate about you. So it's a wall of fire around me, but it means this also isolates me. There are certain places that God, watch me, God says you will be isolated from. Certain people you will be isolated from. Can I help some of you? You are so on fire that your life is really interesting. It's a paradox because you're around a lot of people but not close to anybody. They don't shout over here. I'll talk over here. You got a lot of people that, 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 you, that know you. You got a lot of people who you, they say you they friend, but you wouldn't reciprocate that same sentiment to because when there's a wall of fire around you, God says, I will protect you. I'll keep you from relationships that were going to take you out. I'll keep you from people that were going to take you out. You ready? I'll keep you off of a job that was going to distract you. I'll keep you out of an environment that was going to shut you down. I'll keep you around from some family members that were sent to train you and be leeches. Come on, shout fire. One, two, three. Let's go. God uses fire to add value to you. But it first seems like subtraction. Let's go. Zechariah 13 and 9. I will put this third into the fire and refine them as one refined silver and test them as gold is tested. Now, this is interesting because he conflates two different metals together. Can I teach you 1115? He says, I'm going to refine you like fire, but I'm going to test you like gold. I'm going to refine you like silver. I'm going to test you like gold. I'm going to refine you like silver, but I'm going to test you like gold, which means your value is going to increase in the process. In case you don't know, gold is more expensive than silver. Pay attention. God says, I'm going to refine you like silver, but I'm going to test you like gold, which means your value is about to increase in this process. I need you to get a good look at the person on your left and right or the person you're watching with online and just look at them and, and, and make this declaration and say, this is the lowest you'll ever be. And you're not doing bad now, but baby, your value is about to increase and your value is about to upgrade. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm not just talking about cash, cars, and clothes. Watch me. Your education is about to increase. Your skills about to increase. Your favor is about to increase. Your... I will refine you like silver. I will test you like gold. This process is called metallurgy. And here's what metallurgy does. It takes raw material of little value and then it puts it in the fire. At the 915, I told them about how years ago I was shooting this movie for Promise Keepers. Uh, they used to be a big uh, men's organization, Christian organization, and they would do these big conferences. And so one year they were doing a movie with it and they had me to do the movie. And so they had me shooting stuff everywhere. We had to go to Colorado Springs. I had to get in this pool. And then we had to go uh, to the Salt Flats out in Las, uh, Las Vegas area. And then we had to go up to Idaho Springs. Wait a minute if you've ever been to Idaho Springs in Colorado. Okay, okay. So you know it's far. I mean, I remember thinking we have to be there now. Oh, another hour. We've been driving for like 40. 
like, this, 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 it was far. And so we get into the mines because one of the scenes is me jumping off this cliff and then jumping into like this stream. And so we have to do all of this orchestration to make it happen. While we were there, the, the owner of the mine comes and brings me several vials of gold ore. And I'm like, well, this is great. I was like, this is the best, this is the best yes I didn't gave. I said, because I'm going to take this gold and I'm going to do something with it. I was a teenager at the time, so I didn't recognize that gold ore, watch me, it, watch me, it was raw material. And even though it could be valuable, it wasn't valuable until it went through the fire. And for some of you, watch me, God had to take us in our raw form. Drop us into some fire. And what couldn't handle the heat had to burn off. You better not chase them. They couldn't handle the heat. You better not run after them. They couldn't handle the heat. But if I told you God increased the heat in your life so that everything that could not survive the heat would fall off of your life. What can't handle the heat, he burns off. Then the fire defines it. Then the fire tests it. Let me say it again. It takes raw material of little value. So I'm like, Okay, let's figure out the value of this gold ore. They said it's not worth much of anything. I said, well, why not? It's gold in there. They said, yeah, there's gold in there, but there's too much attached to it that decreases its value. See, for some of you all, this month of September is going to be your month of fruitfulness, productivity, progress. and all. But you got too much dead weight. So God says, I'm going to set you on fire because you're about to drop some of this dead weight. You're about to drop some of these zeros and God's going to send you some superheroes. Come on. You're about to drop some of this dead weight. Please tell somebody close to you say the dead weight's about to fall off. So, so the fire, the fire, the fire burns off whatever can't handle the heat. And for some of you, you're like, why did so-and-so, why did they walk away? They couldn't handle the fire. Uh-oh, let me get in your business. Why did so-and-so ghost me? It was going so well. They couldn't handle the fire. See, you so hot, you don't even know you hot. I don't like the way y'all talk at this 11.50. You so hot, you don't even know how hot you are. What can't handle the heat burns off. But then, but then the fire refines it. It shapes it. In other words, it's the fire that gives you your shape. See, you think you know who you are. But God says, but I'm shaping you into something that only fire can shape you into. Because watch me, because you're not a victim. You're a victor. Let me shape you. You are, you are more than a conqueror. Let me shape you. You're not going to live your life taking pills just to go to sleep. Let me shape you. You're not going to live your life in depression and anxiety. Let me shape you. But then the same thing that he uses to burn off what can't handle the heat and to define you or to shape you is the same thing that he uses to test you. Which is why some of you are like, I can't believe I'm going through this again. It's because once he shapes you, he then sends you back through the same fire. And then he says, now let me show you how to conquer it this time. Who in this building or online, there's some stuff going on in your life and you're like, I know this ain't happening again. Guess what that means? That God says you're at the last stage of this fire. I just need you to see yourself past this test. I just need you to... Fire, it adds value. But at first it seems like subtraction because all of those things off of the gold ore have to fall off of it. 
So when they took my gold ore and they melted it and, and they did all of that, I was like, that's way less than that. But they said, but this is way more valuable than that. And for some of y'all, you better hear me. Your circle got smaller, but it increased in value. Mm. Your money got, it seemed like it went lower, but notice you're getting more done with it. See, it looks like subtraction, but when God's trying to add, God subtracts. When God's trying to multiply, God divides. It's not that it got easier. The fire just made you stronger. Fire increased your value. So anytime you say, Lord, I, you know, we get this whole thing. People talk about, you know, you need to know your worth. You're not worth much if you can't survive fire. You want to know what makes you valuable? It, it, is that you know how to deal with fire. You want to know what makes you valuable? Is that stuff that other people are stressed out about. You're like, that ain't nothing. See, if you only knew the testimony that your neighbor is. Notice what I said. Not the testimony that they have but the testimony that they are. If you only knew the testimony that your neighbor is, you'd understand why the rest of this year is going to be the best in their finances. Because my value just upgraded. You know how to deal. Come here, David. You ain't just fighting lions and bears no more. You're dealing with giants, which means you're dealing with bigger fires, but that means you're also going to have bigger finances. I... Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. God uses fire. You getting it? To bring clarity and revelation. See, when we pray for clarity, we often expect God to just give you this vision. Let's just make it clear. You expect God to just, you know, show you some map on a wall. You expect God to put a little halo over somebody's head. That's not how he does it. To bring clarity, he sends fire. To bring revelation, he sends fire. What's revelation? Revelation is when you understand how information applies to your situation. See, information is good, but if I don't know how that applies to my situation, it's nothing but information. And information without application leads to spiritual constipation because there is no revelation. And for some of y'all, you've been constipated because you don't know how it applies to you. But today. Okay, so let's go. So let's go. First Corinthians 3.13. It says, each one's work will be clearly shown for what it is. Stop. Sometimes you don't know what it really is until it's set on fire. This is why people say, I don't know what happened after all these years. Our marriage just fell apart. No, what happened is that it never was what you thought it was. It didn't fall apart. It was never together. You just kept dodging fire. You ready? Uh-uh, don't get quiet. Let me think you ready. He says, each one's work will be clearly shown for what it is, because it is to be revealed with what? Fire. So each one's work will be clearly shown. Say, clarity comes with fire. God says, I need to show you that she's really not your friend, so I need to set this on fire. I need to show you that you really shouldn't depend on that one, so let me set it on fire. I need to show you that that attitude, uh-oh, that that attitude is not going to get you to the altitude you want to go to. So let me set you on fire and keep sending you in circles so that you can see this thing begin to turn and work for you. You ready? Y'all ready? Okay. He says, each one's work will be clearly shown for what it is because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire will test, listen to this, the quality, the character, and the worth. So fire is sent to show you the quality of what you have. Sometimes you can think something is valuable until it's on fire and you can discover that it doesn't have much value at all. Okay? The character, what it really is, what it's really made of. See, reputation is who 
someone is believed to be. Character is who someone really is. You can have a great reputation and poor character. You can have poor character and have a great reputation. So the Bible says, I'm going to send fire when I want you to see things clearly. I'm going to see fire when there's going to be revelation. In other words, I'm going to uncover some things. I'm going to let you see what it really is. And I need you to hear me. Don't be shocked when the fire ends up showing you that sometimes standing at the end of the day is not going to be everybody that went into the fire with you. In fact, here's what you should shout about. What didn't make it out of the fire? Because if you made it through the fire, or you was a right, listen, it ain't no ride or die because you ain't dying. You a ride or live. But if you couldn't make it through the fire, I'm glad that I left your funky behind in the fire. Funky is just an adjective. So when we pray for clarity, God says, let me send the fire. You pray for clarity. Lord, is this the job I'm supposed to be on? He sends the fire. Lord, is this what I'm supposed to do? He sends the fire. Lord, do you want me to do this? He sends the fire. He always brings clarity through fire because fire is going to make it pure. Okay, you ever prayed this type of prayer, Lord, just show me if so-and-so is for me or not. You ever prayed that, something similar to that? And then he sent a fire. And he was like, that's what it is. Now, what are you going to do with that? And for some of you, you ready? The fires that you've been in are going to bring you clarity for the rest of your year. You're going to know exactly what to do, exactly when to do it, exactly how to do it. The fire is trying to tell you, God is trying to tell you something. Last thing, last thing, and we're done. Fire, God uses fire to advance you and accelerate you, but at first it aggravates you. Advancement and acceleration means that you're going to go further, faster. Now, we're just about to the end, so you're really going to touch your neighbor like three more times. It's okay. They're all right. They're good. And like I told you, 1115, if they don't want to touch you, no problem. Reach around now. I bet you they'll get tired of getting reached around, and then they're going to start touching you. Okay? All right? You ready? Um, this is important. Online, you stretch your hands towards me, or you put into the comments. Because listen to me carefully. You are about to go further, faster. It was supposed to take until December. You'll get it done by next Tuesday. <laughs> I just heard the Lord say, and your budget is about to triple. I don't know who that's for. Let's go. He uses fire to advance you and accelerate you. But at first, it aggravates the heck out of you. Put up that word Gehenna. It aggravates the Gehenna is this Greek word which means hot trash. Three words in the Bible for hell. While I'm teaching, let me teach. One of them is Sheol, which means death, word for hell. The other uh, is Tartarus, which means underworld. It means hell. And then you have Gehenna, which means hot trash. It literally was a trash heap outside of the city of Jerusalem where they throw trash. And they say, that's hell over there. Got it? Okay. All right. So here we go. God will use fire to accelerate you and advance you. But at first... This thing aggravates you. This thing rubs you the wrong way. This thing makes you want to snap, crackle, and pop. This thing makes you want to let everybody know where to go and how to get there. You ever walked on your job and felt aggravated and said, you know what, one more. You're, okay, y'all. You ever walked around some of your family folks and said, you know, I'm about sick and... Okay. 
okay, not at the 11.15. The 9.15, there were several, not at the 11.15, okay? So in Daniel chapter 3, there are three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are three friends that are Hebrew boys, and the Hebrew people particularly at this time, Judah, the southern part of the kingdom, had been taken captive by Babylon. Babylon means confusion. The worst thing is for you to be taken captive by something that's confused about itself. Let me help some of y'all. You don't need people to captivate you that are confused about what they're going to do with you. I don't have time to be running with you if you ain't sure whether or not you want to be running with me. It's one thing I'm sure about that if you ain't sure, you can get to stepping because I'm sure I don't want nobody around me that's not sure that they want to be there. So Babylon means confusion. And so they are literally taken captive by the Babylonians. And at this time, there's a Babylonian king. His name is Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, his name in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament, it means, listen to me, 1115, protect my child. Shut your mouth. God is so into you. Remember, he's passionate. He's the God of fire. He's so passionate and fiery about you that even your enemy is sent to protect you. God is so into you that even your screw up is going to be used to be your come up. God is so into you that what the enemy meant for evil, I dare you to pop up out your seat. He's the type of God that'll turn it around for you because he's the God of fire. He's passionate about you. He's passionate about you. He's passionate about you. He's, this is why I can't deal with people that are passive. Because if my God is passionate, I'd be doggone if I let you be around me and you're passive. I'm used to passion, so I don't know how to do passive. You better hear me. If you got people around you that are not passionate about being around you, help them find the dough. Because if my God will go running for me, if my God will go fighting for me, if my God is going to sit, then I'll be doggone if I'm going to let some human play me like a cheeseburger when you a whole Big Mac to all beef patties, special sauce. Let's go. So this king, what's his name? Nebuchadnezzar. What's his name means? Protect my child. Say your name right there. Protect. Which means God says, I'll send a Nebuchadnezzar who shows up as an enemy, but I'm so fiery about you that I'm going to use them to get something good for you. Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, y'all are at this level, but I want to promote you because of how faithful you've been. So I'm about to use Nebuchadnezzar to end up promoting you. I'm about to use your hater to be the one that helps you. I'm about to use your antagonism, your hostility, and your opposition. And it's about to send you some passion, some excitement, and some zeal. On three, holla of fire. One, two, three, fire. Let's go. So Nebuchadnezzar makes this law. And the law is, is that when the music plays, everyone has to bow down before this image of him and worship him. And if they don't, they're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. You picked the wrong punishment. Because fire don't scare me. Because I just found out that God is fire. I just found out, which means when they're thrown into the fiery furnace, what were they thrown into? They were thrown into God. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Look, 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 look. He said, 
He said, if you don't worship me, immediately you will be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. So Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're friends. They're friends with a man named Daniel, whose book we're reading. These four are friends. And I pray that God send you some Shadrach, Meshach. You need some people that can go through the fire with you and come out with you too. You don't just need friends in your struggle. You ready for this? You need some friends for your success too. You need some people that can walk with you from when you were bare, borrowing, and begging. That can walk with you to now where you're the lender and not the bar. You need some friends that can see you in your valley, but then those same friends can see you in your mountain. I pray God send you at least four friends. You need a Sadrach, a Meshach, and a Abednego, and a Daniel. Come on, say four are on the way. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. Why? Because I need one for each corner. So yeah, I just I need mm -mm, all I need is four. And if I got four, ready? Let's wrap. So King Nebuchadnezzar um, says to Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you don't fall down and worship me, I'm gonna throw you in a burning, fiery furnace. And not even worship me, but worship this image that I've created. Because they're in his presence and he doesn't even require that. He only requires them to worship his image. Which means, Nebuchadnezzar, you, it's not that you really want worship. You just want compliance. Which means this is really not an issue of idolatry. You ready? This is really an issue, you ready, of breaking my will. Because if you break my will, you'll never have to worry about me being a threat to you down the road. I could teach, but I won't. Let's move on. See, for some of you, what you've been going through is to break your will so that you're so tired, you just accept what the enemy gives you. You're so tired, you just accept what anybody gives you. You're so tired, you just say to hell with it. No, to hell with that. I pray that God would strengthen your will. Please touch somebody close to you and say, God's about to strengthen your will. That's your strength. That's your fight. That's your willpower. That's your drive. That's your... You really want to break our wheel so that we're, watch me, so that we have all of this strength as young Hebrew men, but we don't use it because we've become impotent because you have taken our wheel. You ready? That's what this is really about, Nebuchadnezzar. You want to make sure that you never have any problems out of God's people. You want to make sure that we just get satisfied and accept whatever you hand us. But we weren't sent to take sides. We were sent to take over. We weren't born to just have pay bills, have babies, and die. Come here, 1115. But we were born that we might rule and we might reign and we would conquer and subdue. Ready? Rule, reign, conquer, subdue. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel. We gotta go. So, what ends up happening? The music plays. And somebody sees Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were spying on them. And I need you to be more careful with how you walk. Because while you think nobody knows you, there's always somebody that's watching you to see your example. <laughs> and for where you headed, watch me, you, you cannot be that casual with who you connect with. So what ends up happening? So they look at And so they go, they go run and they report Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The music played and they did not bow down. Now, you'd think in this massive government that is the Babylonian government, this Babylonian monarchy, you would think that this could go to somebody at a lower level. Why in the world, I'm going to help you, 
would this issue be brought all the way up to the king? Why didn't this go to a manager? Why didn't this go to a satrap? One of, one of the, why did this get brought to the king himself? Because God is so passionate about you that even when they start problems with you, God says, you're not going to deal with no Indians. I'm about to take you all the way to the chief. Don't be offended by that ethnically. I'm Cherokee. Listen. No, I really am. I got the little card and everything. I really am. God says, I'm so passionate about you. The reason your stuff always gets blown up and seems like it becomes a bigger deal is because I won't have you dealing with these low-level people. I'm going to make sure your stuff always gets brought up to the decision maker, always gets brought up to the head of the department, always goes to the chief, always goes to a ruler. God says, I'm not going to have you dealing with no little shrimp. No, I'm going to take you all the way to the top because when I set you on fire, this fire is about to take you up. Y'all missed it. The accusation is actually what took them up. I'll talk over here because they don't shout over here. See, you're saying, God, I want you to do something that blows my mind. God is like, I got something for you. I got something for you. He said, God, I want you to bless me. God says, I got something for you. Let me tell you something. I'm about to set you on fire. But it's their antagonism, hostility, and opposition that's about to take you up. So you two, you two, look at me, you two, you two. So they get brought before the king. This didn't even need to go before him. They already knew what to do. Put him in the furnace. Why are you even asking the king? Because God is so fired up about you that he's going to make them change the rules just to fit. The king had already said, anybody who doesn't fall down to worship me, throw him in the furnace. So why in the world are we in front of the king and the man already said this is what it is? It's because God is so fired up about me that God will make them change the rules. I wish you prophesied to somebody in your section. Say they're about to change the rules for you. And they're about to cancel the debt for you. And they're about to hand it over to you. And they're about to make you an offer you cannot refuse. The rules have to change for me. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, the rules have to change for me. No, 1115. You can't say, the rules have to change for me. Don't nobody believe you. Say it with authority. Say, the rules have to change for me. I know everybody else got to go through six months, but I'm not. I know everybody else got to do it like this, but I won't. I know everybody else got to have that credit score, but you won't. I know everybody else needs 20% down. You're going to get it for 3%. I wish. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. The rules have to be changed. Why are we even in front of the king? The king already said, if you don't do this, throw him into the furnace. So why are you bringing me in front of the king unless God's about to change some things up? See, what you call a test and a trial is really God's opportunity to rule in your favor. What does the judge do at a ruling or at a trial? He makes rulings. See, what you're like, I can't believe I'm going through this. God is like, no, I brought it to me so I get to be the decision maker, not him. I brought it to me so I get to set the rules, not them. 
So they're in front of the king. We got to go. So they're in front of the king. And when they're in front of the king, the king's like, if you don't worship me, you're going to be immediately cast into the burning fire furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? See, you did the wrong thing. Because what you just did, Nebuchadnezzar, is you backed yourself into a corner. Because Nebuchadnezzar, you just made this from being between us. You made this between you and God. And there's certain things, God, I've discovered this about God. God will let people do a whole lot. And while they think they're doing it, it's him, watch me, it's him allowing them to provoke him. Can I teach deep at this 1115? See, see, let me give you two examples. Pharaoh, Pharaoh kept saying no, but it was God that made him say no. Why? Because God says, I want you to make him provoke me because I'm about to kill his whole army. Because see, while I'm a God that gives life when they mess with my kids, I'm so fired up about them. I'll cut everybody. I'll do whatever God to. He's a God of love, but he's a God of war. He's a God of love, but he will tear somebody up over you. Please touch your neighbor on the shoulder and say, he'll tear somebody up over you. God, please let us find the right neighbor. Touch another one say, he will tear the club up over you. <laughs> okay, so, so he says, I'm going to make Pharaoh say no, but I'm going to make him say no because I want to kill his army. I'm going to let them think they're getting away with something because I want them to provoke me. Because who is going to save them from my anger? Okay, can I go deeper? Say, teach, Bishop. The Bible says, pray for your enemies. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. For in doing so, you reap hot... Fire! God says, I don't need you to be bitter. 1115, we're going a whole other direction. I don't need you to be bitter. I don't need you to be upset. I don't need you to be mad. I need you to pray for them. Because when you pray for them, then I'm going to take over. You being bitter is in your hands. But when you can pray for the people that did you dirty, pray for the people that did you wrong, even some of your flesh and blood that tried to set you up, God says, if you'll do it, I'm going to send a fire that can't do nothing about Eli, the prophet, has two sons. The Bible says that his, they weren't listening to their father. They weren't listening to the man of God. And so um, because they wouldn't listen, uh, the Bible says that it was the Lord's desire. In fact, the scripture says the Lord prevented them from listening. For some of you, you're like, I keep trying to tell them they don't listen. It might be God that won't let them listen. He says, for the Lord desired, this is your Bible, it says, for the Lord desired an opportunity to kill them. So God says, if they listen to you, Eli, you're going to save them. And for some of y'all, you spent your whole life saving who didn't even want to be saved. You spent your whole life trying to help who didn't even want to be helped. So God says, sometimes I'm not going to let them listen to you because I'm going to let them provoke me. This is deep. I probably should have said this for a Wednesday night. So he says, Nebuchadnezzar, you're provoking me now because who going to deliver you? Who's the God that's going to deliver you out of my hands? God says, you just made this between me and you now. See, the worst thing they could have did is say, well, we, we, you're supposed to be a Christian. You just made this between you and God. You ever had somebody try to use your faith against you, your belief against you? 
that you're supposed to be a Christian. And I am. And you just made this between you and God now. If I was you, I would have left this between you and I. But since you brought God up in it, now this between you and God. Good luck, Chuck. You ready? So, so now this is between them and God. So look at verse 17. We're almost done. He says, if this be so, this is what they say. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Notice, they didn't get disrespectful. They just said, listen, but you're not going to get us to worship this image. You're not going to get me to put this job in front of church. You're not going to get me to put this relationship in front of my God. You're not. So you're not. You're just not because he's been too good to me. 11.15, we almost done. But is there anybody in this building or online where you can tell your testimony that God's been too good to you? I wish you would put a person in front of God. I wish you would put some... Shout, he's been too good to me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. So if you think, if you think you finna get, if, if you want to make this between me putting you first and putting God first, you can bounce. Well, we're going to fire you. Good luck with that. Your company might not be around no more. Y'all not saying nothing to me? See, I believe in the Bible. There was a company that tried to do me wrong a year ago, and I told him, I said, let me tell you what's going to happen. I said, you won't even be here by this time next year. I drove past it the other day. Somebody else bought him out. I need you to know God is so fired up about you, he'll shut a company down just to teach a lesson. I said, I wouldn't have done that to me if I was you. You're going to learn, though. And they did. Listen. Listen. They said, He's able to deliver us. Say, he's able. He's able to deliver us. Verse 18. But if not, see, this is how you know your faith is real. This is how you know he's your God and not your genie. See, a genie, you rub him the right way, and then you get to make wishes. We don't make wishes. We give prayers. But because... But because he's our God, he has, watch me, he has executive authority to, to knock down what we say and exceed what we ask for. This morning, a pastor called me and he said he was having a dream and all that. And he was talking about this thought. And he was talking about how, uh, you know, this person was saying, God's not fair. And I said, well, he never said he was fair. I said, the problem was, is that our American God, we've made him into our image and likeness. Well, this isn't fair. When did he say it would be? Like, can you show me a script? He said he's just, but he never said it was fair. It's not fair that the only three that got caught were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when you know it was more people not doing it. It's not fair that they pick on you when everybody else in the department is doing it. It's not fair that they treat you different when it... Look at the neighbor and say, it's not fair. But that's why you got favor. Because favor makes up for what's not fair. That's why you got favor, to give you preferential treatment. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Ready? This is not fair. Say it's not fair. But here's what they tell the king. We're done. But old king, let's be clear. Even if God doesn't do it, he's able and he's willing. But even if he doesn't, do not get this twisted. I'm still not finna bow down to this image. You, I'm still not finna not pray over my food to make these other people on the job come. I'm 
able to do it. Verse 22. So they run him into the fire. Nebuchadnezzar gets hot. See, what I love about it is the hotter they get, the worse it's going to be for them. This is why you just need to chill out. Some of y'all, your fire got you too wound up. Everybody, let's just have a, just have a, just chill out. Just, well, just relax. Just relax, relate, release. Just chill out. Let them get all worked up. Because in your anger, you're about to make a mistake. Because anger is one letter away from danger, which means my fire can't take me to a place that I don't want to stay. Look, here goes. So they, they send some men to send Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come on. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Come on. Come on. Abednego was shopping, so he's a little late. Come on, Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come on, let's go, let's go. So Bible says that they, they, they tie him up and put him in the fire, which means this is going to kill you. But my God is the God of So you picked the wrong punishment. You should have threw me in the water or something. You, you, you. But the problem is, since he's spirit, he's not just fire. He's water. There's nothing you can put me in. Well, I'm going to put you in the lion's den. Well, he's the lion of the tribe. Of ain't nothing you can put me in that God ain't already worked out. There's nothing you can put me in that doesn't work for me. There's nothing you can put me on that doesn't work for me. I feel bad for the people that think, yeah, this is going to get them. No, it's not. It ain't going to break me. This is about to make me. <laughs> this ain't going to stop me. This is going to make me more creative. But we got to go. So, so they, they take him into the fire. And, and the Bible says, Bible says that the men who took him into the fire, Nebuchadnezzar got hot, so he heated it up seven times hotter than normal. And the men who put him in the fire, they died. Which means, if you dig one ditch, you should dig two. Because the trap you set for me, this is why, come on, everybody just say, I let go of all bitterness, hurt, pain, and unforgiveness. I can't carry that where I'm headed. Come on, we got to finish. We got to finish. We got to finish. We got to finish. Verse 22, the flame of the fire killed the men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And how do they go in there? They go in there bound. They're tied up. Now, now which, which means we don't want you to survive this. We, we want you to get in it. And, and they threw them in there. So they just all in there. That's good. They're so dramatic. This is good. That's good. That's good. So, so they locked up in this fire. They're tied up in this fire. Look, he got the fire on his hip. Look. <laughs> they got fire. All right. Everybody look at me. Then verse, 30, verse 23. Bible says, in verse 23, the Bible says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. There's one word I didn't get to teach at the 915. Fail. Sometimes when the fire starts, you can fall. 
And for some of you, when the fire starts, you ain't in church, you ain't serving, you ain't watching, you ain't giving, you ain't doing all that. Your worship, it takes you 20 minutes just to worship. I came to get everybody out your fall. Because sometimes when the fire is going, you can fall. But I just need you. You're almost done. You got three more. Touch your neighbors. Just touch somebody close to you. Say, you're coming out of your fall today. I don't care whether you were discouraged, get up. I don't care whether you felt like God had forgotten about you, get up. I don't care whether you thought God wasn't doing it, get up. I don't care whether it felt like things weren't going to work, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. They fell, bound, which means this required a step into. So they had to go into the fire. Watch me. And it was seven times hotter than normal. Look at me. Just for them. Let me keep it honest. It's not been fair. Look at me. It has been worse for you. Look at me. The truth is you were dealt a worse hand than them. The truth is it's not fair how they handled you. The truth is it's not fair that they're loyal to everybody else that's not loyal to them except you who was loyal to them. That's not fair. That is not fair. But that's all right. That's okay. Because you were about to make it. So something happens while they're in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar is watching. And then all of a sudden, these three guys that were bound, they're standing up. They're not bound anymore. They're walking around. And there's a fourth man in there. There's a fourth man in there. Four is the biblical number of creativity. You ready for me? God's about to create a way of escape. God's about to create a position. He's about to create a source of income. He's about to create a way. It wasn't there when you walked in there, but God's about to create something for you. Online, drop a four in the comments. In this building, put a four up on your hand and say, my fire's about to create something. I could really go deep right here and teach you about how when certain things are set on fire, even when we look over to Maui and we prepare those in Hawaii, but what happens is that fire that's there ends up creating certain minerals and certain things that didn't exist before. It didn't exist before, but then the fire creates something that wasn't there before. And for some of y'all, God says, it didn't exist on Saturday, but it's about to exist on Sunday. It didn't exist in August, but I'm about to create it in your September. They told you no last month. They're about to tell you no this month. You were working hard for it last month. Somebody's about to hand it to you this month. Come on, let's go. Verse 23. Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell bound into the fiery furnace. But the truth is, those Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Shadrach, put your hand up. Meshach, put your hand up. Abednego, put your hand up. So when they're thrown into the fire, they go into there with these Babylonian names because the Babylonian culture said, if we can get you to forget who you are and we can put a label on you, you'll start acting like what we label you as. So, so, so watch me. So some, some of you, people have labeled you, you're a failure. You're a mess up. You're a screw up. You're a player. You're a, you're a whore. You're this. You're that. You're that. Come on. Can we be honest? There's some labels that people, you, you, you never do anything right. But what if the fire was what was necessary to take the label off of you? Because their names, put your hand up, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. 
Shadrach, your name in Hebrew is Hananiah, which means grace. Grace is when God gives you something good you don't deserve. See, you thought you were hurting me, but what you did is make me find my Meshach, put your head up. His name in Hebrew is Mishael, which means provision, which means God will provide for me. I found out he was a provider when I was in the fire and he had to provide me a way of. See, some of y'all are like, God, I need the money. God is like, I'm about to set you on fire and the money going to show up in the fire. Oh, my God. God, I need a way. I'm going to set you on fire and it's going to show up in the Abednego, put your hand up. Your name is Azariah. Your name doesn't have one definition. Your name doesn't have one definition. Your name means favored and 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 see for some of y'all, God says it's gonna be this and. I'm going to give you a house here and I'm going to give you a position here and I'm going to give you this church and I'm talking to me. Let's go. Put your head up. Put both of them up. Oh, you got them. Are you ready? When you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. You're favored by God and helped by God. Look at me. Look at me. 1115. See, I love 1115 because I don't have a clock to, to fight against. You ready? I didn't say this at 915. This is why, for those of you who watch those, you, you got to look at both. Like, if you come to 1115, go watch the 915. If you come to the other, you got to go watch. And here's why. Because God never speaks it the same way. I'm not a manuscript preacher. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say neighbor. <laughs> God is love. Hallelujah. No. You ready? You want to know why God wouldn't let them help you? You mad at who won't help you. You mad that man won't help you. God says you don't need their help. You are Azariah. God says, I'm about to help you. God says, I'm about to help you. You got two more. Touch your neighbors. Touch your neighbors. Say, God's about to help you. I don't need your help. I don't need your help. I don't need man to do it. Won't God make a way? Won't God open a door? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Ah! He won't. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. We got to go. Everybody stand. We got to go. Come on. If you stand up, we got to go. Y'all stay right there. Some of y'all. How many of you, let's be honest, you've been mad because of who wouldn't help you? God, why won't they help? You know what ticks me off is when people, when people say they love me and I give them something to do and they don't do it like they love me. Do it like you love me. So no, I don't believe nothing you say. So I love you, man of God. Well, then do what I gave you to do like you love me. Don't do it sloppy and half butt. 
You caught that one? You ready? But God says, I need sometimes, I'm the one that won't let them help. Bishop, she's seeing me here struggling. She ain't doing nothing. He won't let her help you. He won't let him help you. That's why you can't be mad at nobody. God is like, no. And some of y'all are mad today. Like, that's all right. That's all. It is. Because I don't need man's help when I have a God. Question. You ready for this? Who's writing about this? Daniel. I, there's so much revelation. Question. So you watching and writing, but you ain't helping? Hold up. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Uh-uh. Daniel is their friend who's watching this, taking notes, but you ain't doing nothing to help. And some of y'all got a lot of people who, ooh, it's, it's a lot you're going through. But your behind ain't doing nothing to help me. This your last touch your neighbor. It's your last touch your neighbor. Just touch her. Say, God wouldn't let them help you. So you'd see him help you. So watch what God does. God steps up in the middle. And God was like, who's bad? God get the whole crew. And they start walking around the fire. Nebuchadnezzar looking like, wait a minute, didn't we put three dudes in there? Who's the fourth man in there? God created a way out. Who's the fourth man in there? Nebuchadnezzar like, and they all walking around the fire together? Because Daniel, you can't help me for where I'm going. Only God can do this. Only God can do this. Only God can do this. So Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar says, stop. Nebuchadnezzar says, stop. Nebuchadnezzar says, stop. Nebuchadnezzar says, stop. He says, open the door. He said, now I don't know what's going on around here. <laughs> he said, I don't know what's going on around here. He said, but I know we put three dudes in there and I ain't paying for four. I ordered one in the shrimp, not no two. I don't know. No. <laughs> you ready? I'm not paying for no four. Who, who is this? They walk out. When they walk out to Nebuchadnezzar, the fourth one disappears. God says, I just needed to get you out. Watch me. Tag you in. And in the month of September, okay, I lied. You got one more touch your neighbor. Touch your neighbor. Say, tag you in. I got you out. I got you out the city. I got you out the situation. I got you out the mess. I got you. Let's go. Nebuchadnezzar's like, your God. He is God. He says, I'll tell you what I'm about to do after the fire. Daniel 3 and 30. By the 30th day of this month. Some of y'all never say nothing. That's why you never see something. I'm just trying to get you blessed. Say, by the 30th of this month, I'll be in this verse. Then the king 
Didn't you just try to hurt me? Didn't you just mock my God? And now you promote me in your? Then the king promoted grace, favor, helped by God, and provision. We're at in the province of what? Babylon. God says, it's still confusing, but you just came up. What's another word for promoted? Uh, let's see if you're a good church. I'll just walk you through this. He's the God of fire. And one of the definitions, take me back to Deuteronomy. One of the definitions of fire is what? Up. <laughs> Thank you. Father, this month, everything about our lives is going up. Can you just worship your God, the God of fire, for a few seconds? But before I go there, heads bowed, eyes closed. Everything I just preached only applies to those that are his. So today, if you're not a Christian, I need this word to now apply to you. 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body died so that you and I could have life and life more abundantly. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, this is your day. Secondly, if you're giving your life to the Lord and you've not been faithful to him, you fail because of the fire. <laughs> you were good and then the fire started and you fell into it. But today, you're about to get up out of it. If you need to recommit yourself to the Lord today, you're going to come to him. And thirdly, if you like Bishop Bowman, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure. If either one of those three is you need to become a Christian for the first time, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. On the count of three, slip that hand up in the building online, do the hand with emoji, or say it's me. One, two, three. Respond right there. No guilt. No condemnation. No shame. You have nothing to be condemned about. Well, Bishop, I made a lot of mistakes. He shed a lot of blood, and his blood is an instrument of redemption, which means when he shed his blood, why did Jesus have to do all that? Because it was a bloody mess, but because blood buys things. Scripture says that when you shed, the shedding of blood, is, it's an act of remission. It, it buys things. So there's nothing too crazy you've done that his blood came back. So I rebuke condemnation. I rebuke you thinking, man, I'm just a screw-up. No, you're not. Hush. I rebuke you saying nothing ever goes right. Oh, but it's about to. I rebuke your negative words. Everybody in this building and online, because I need this to apply what I preach today. I need it to apply to you. And it only applies to those that are his. Say this for me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall or if I fail, give me the grace to get back up again. 
Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Take your phone out, scan that QR code at Text Harvest to 55498. Come on, church. We're a church that celebrates people coming to the Lord. Into the option for salvation. And let us know. Secondly, some of you already say, but you need a shepherd. This is spiritual. It's a spiritual connection. So it's not bound by geography. So you don't have to live in Denver or Atlanta. You can live anywhere across America, around the world, and be a part of the Harvest family. If you know I'm your shepherd. Bishop, how do you know? That's how you know. It's a spiritual connection. When your shepherd speaks something, then you comes alive. You just get it. There's tons of people talking, but sometimes, okay, that's nice, that's cute. But when your shepherd speaks, you're like, I told him at the 915, one, one person said to me one time, I think it was, I think it was, maybe it was Atlanta, or maybe it was here, I don't know where it was. One person said one time, they said, Bishop, that word just, it was so good, I just want to cuss. When your shepherd's speaking to you, it's a spiritual connection. All right, and some of you, you already know. Don't play with it. You pick who you date quicker than you identify your shepherd. You'd have five relationships and been here for two years. You know I'm your shepherd. Let's go. Text our to five five four nine eight or scan the QR code. Listen, if you came in late, you weren't able to give. Get that ready. If you're gonna sow the seal, get that ready. Our seed at this eleven fifteen is thirty three, just like the nine fifteen for Deuteronomy. Or excuse me, for Daniel three and thirty. What is a sow to seal, Bishop? I've never heard of that. It appears several places in the scripture. I always give it twice. I give it at both experiences because I won't double. I, I'm so serious. I won't, I won't land I didn't lay before, cities I didn't build, vineyards that I didn't plant. It's just that simple. I'm a sower. Never be mad at somebody's harvest if you didn't see their seed. I don't just teach you to give. I lead the way in giving. Right? But it occurs in 1 Samuel 9. Whenever a word speaks life into you, you sow it to seal. We've been doing this since May of 2022. And God was like, some, every service, every prayer, I want you to do a seed. I said, God, I've never done that before. I said, every time, he said, I'm about to release wealth into the hands of the people of Harvest. Some of the praise reports I didn't read from, again, just a lot of them this month have to be from the Atlanta pop-ups. $68,000 in debt canceled. You can go read those praise reports for yourself. The only thing the church does is if people put their full name on there, we'll cut their name out. Other than that, we post it just as it is, typos and all. So you're like, that does not go together. That's what they sent. You're going to keep it as authentic as possible. It's a rustic praise report. Hmm? How can you so use the cash app? Dollar sign Bishop Foreman with the number two. PayPal, Venmo, Zell, Givelify. That's available. Hello at harvestchurch.church. You can use text to give like I do. Text him out to 84321. That's what you just saw me doing on my phone. Everybody gets something in the ground. He said, Bishop, I don't have 33. Get as close as you can to it. But you have to lock this in. What's the name of this seed? This is your fire seed. Good God. Good God. You know what I love? You're going to love... I love that God doesn't say it the same way each experience. Because that thing about help by God, that's what helped me most today. Because sometimes you're like, God, why won't somebody help me? God's like, I won't let them. That's why. Because I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. And for those of you that feel like, I got I to gotta go. We've been in here for two hours. We're non-denominational. <laughs> We don't believe in long, long, long church. Nothing wrong with long church. We, just, we believe you can be efficient. Amen. Some of y'all grew up in inefficient church. If, if, 
Church started at 11.15. Preacher don't get there until about 1. And they going to sing, power, Lord, power, Lord, power, Lord, power, Lord. We need your power. <laughs> We're like, for, four, for an hour, we got the power. Y'all better sing another song. But, but seriously, um, seriously, for, for, for some, um, you got to hear me. You got to hear me quickly um, as it relates to this. Not only will God not let them help you, but the truth is, for what they wouldn't do, he made up for it in another way. He made up for it in another way. And you're looking at, well, he didn't do this. But did you look at all of this he did over here? So you didn't get that job, but you didn't get the stress that went with it either. You didn't get that relationship, but what you didn't know is that you were just another name on a hit list. Didn't they tell you that she was a savage? Lift your giving to the Lord in the building and don't learn. I love you, 1115. You need to know you have a shepherd that loves you. And I'm concerned about making sure that you're everything God's created for you to be. Just say this. Say, I sow the seal. Lock this word in me. I'm blessed to be a blessing. This month will be a month of fire. Everything about my life is going up for God's glory. Lock this word in me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Masters of Passing at Grape Street online. You can use the QR code to give or you can give digitally here too. I'll be down front to meet and greet you in just a few moments. Let's do it together at 1115. Love God, love people, and love life. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 55498. We'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. day my company gets scam phishing emails trying to get money or sensitive info i wanted to protect my employees and my clients so i checked out sisa's secure our world they've got simple ways we can protect our businesses from online threats first teach employees to recognize and report phishing next require strong passwords plus multi-factor authentication and finally turn on automatic updates for your business software to learn more go to sisa at cisa.gov forward slash secure our world